This episode from the life of Sherlock Holmes will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Petri Wine brings you... Welcome, fellow Sherlockians. I'm Mike. And I'm Tom. And this is I Heart Sherlock. Welcome back, dear Sherlockians. We have for you, yes, another episode. Episode 18 this time, I think. 18 already? 18 wow. already, man. And right. it's not two months since the last one. This is true. Yeah. And we're 18. We're legal now. That's fantastic. <laughs> I Heart Sherlock Podcast can vote. <laughs> awesome. We have a say. <laughs> it's great stuff. I'm all for it. I would say looking forward to 21, but I already drink on this podcast, so we're, we're already there. <laughs> Tom enjoys the Shirley Temples. <laughs> um, but yes, we are back. Um, we are covering the Greek interpreter, uh, which puts us at two short stories away from finishing that this is correct. There's only two left. Yeah, and the final problem. Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to that as well. Um and then we're also starting the new book, like we said, the last Sherlock Holmes story by Michael Dibden, mm. um, which is absolutely fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah. Like Tom said last time, we've both read this before, and it is it is pretty extraordinary. I, I personally think this is one of the most brilliant Sherlock Holmes books I've read. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. It's 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 just it's just fantastic. Yep, it is. And we'll we'll dive more into that absolutely. after after a discussion here. Uh, but uh, right now, let me uh, let's kick us off and let me read the the original story summary from the Strand oh, magazine. These. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Uh, the Greek interpreter. So reticent has Holmes always remained about the subject of his own family and early life that it comes as no small shock to Watson to hear him casually mention my brother Mycroft. Yet within an hour. Watson has been introduced to this remarkable elder brother and has witnessed proof of Holmes's magnanimous claim that, all things having been equal, his brother might have surpassed even him as a detective. Watson is also introduced to Mycroft Holmes's fellow clubman, Mr. Melas, a Greek interpreter with a strange tale of having been abducted from his lodgings and persuaded to interpret a slate-pencil conversation with a gagged and emaciated Athenian, who had managed to tell him that he had been held prisoner for three weeks. Another five minutes, and Melas might have worn out his, wormed out the whole story under the noses of their watching captors. But a dramatic interruption by a tall, graceful woman had cut short the interview in turmoil. Having found himself liberated from Clapham Common, Melas had wasted no time in recounting his adventure to Mycroft Holmes, who has since conducted as keen an investigation into it as his natural indolent will permit. Indolent will permit. Microsoft is... <laughs> Microsoft and Mycroft is now thankful to hand over this case to his more energetic younger brother, um, Apple. Uh, <clears throat> Melas again disappears, but Holmes and Watson have sufficient information to enable them to forestall one murder, if not another. The Strand Magazine, 
1893. So that there is our summary. Nice. One of the things I love about this show, Tom, yeah, is that <laughs> there's no laugh tracks. There's no canned laughter. No, Neither one not. of us are paying somebody a dollar to laugh every time <laughs> what we think is funny, he laughs. Um, it's just our genuine reactions. Absolutely. And it's, it's pretty freaking awesome. And whatever happens just stays in. That's it. <laughs> so what happens in here stays in here and on the public radio. <laughs> yes, right. It gets published. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, but it's true. Uh, like we've said, Like I've said on... Other other episodes we um in this case we've read this book before but um <laughs> we especially if it's a new book we haven't read we read what you read every week yeah. we don't read ahead yeah um and it, I, I, it makes for a so much better experience absolutely yeah also better experience not reading two books at once <laughs> yeah you said Michael <sighs> Dibna my copy is by Greg. Eglin? Is that not that's, who we were reading? That's funny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's two last Sherlock Holmes stories. Dude, that would be unfortunate. Like, that's right. This week, episode 18 is four minutes long because we just packed it in. We're going to give this another shot in two weeks. Oh, Thankfully, Mike and I have the exact same copy yep. of the book. We actually, actually. we actually do. It is the... It is I think they're the first edition of the, the last Sherlock Holmes yeah, story. Yeah, I think so. So it's uh, that's one hundred percent true. Yeah, back when, by the way, this hardback book cost seven dollars and ninety five cents, according wild, to the inside jacket. It? That's it, man. Seven ninety five. That's insane for a hardback book. A pocket book costs almost double that. A pocket it's, version of a it is. Yeah. It's insanity. It is absolutely insanity. Um, you know, as as much as we, I mean, we love reading modern stuff too. Yeah. I like that. I'm glad that we do older books on this podcast. Yeah, as well. yeah. Because um, it's there's. I mean, it's it's a what a hundred and hundred and forty years of fandom, man. Oh yeah. Like that's a lot of ground to cover. Absolutely. And literally, I mean, there's the worst. There's the best. There's the mediocre. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these older ones paved the way. Correct. For some of the great ones. I mean, without somebody like Michael Dibden, would there be a James Lovegrove doing what he's doing? Yeah, it's a hundred percent true. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, same thing with like Sherlock Holmes in general. Like we probably told us before, like the golden era of detective fiction. Yeah, I'm mean, to Agatha Christie. You had you oh, had these yeah. people that reverenced Doyle and Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. and based their characters off of that. Yeah, so it's without your without our predecessors, we wouldn't have what we have. Absolutely, now. I agree, hundred percent. Um, so let, let's dive into the Greek interpreter. So, uh, Tom and I were just talking off off uh, off mic here. Um, if any of you out there have, as an Apple user, uh, like myself, um, there is a very cool collection of BBC radio broadcasts that are now available to download as an audiobook. And that's awesome. Yeah. It's, um, it's the, it's, uh, the actor's name is Clive Marison and he plays Sherlock Holmes. Um, and I believe this is the only type of media production to cover every single Sherlock Holmes story mm. with the same Sherlock and Watson. And it really is a treat. It's That's dramatic. Great. It is, man. It's it's really good. Um, it does an excellent Sherlock Holmes. Watson's awesome as well. Um, highly recommend. Um, there's also an app called Podbean, which is another podcast app. You can find them on there as well for free. 
Um, there will be commercials, of course, but um, you're able to do that as well. I don't know if it's on Android or Google, Google Books. I don't know. You'd have to check that out, but I definitely know that it is available on Apple uh, and on the Pod Podbeam. I didn't realize Podbeam that was the only cast. one that did every story with the with the same yeah. homes. Because yep. you're right. Because you um, you informed me Jer Jeremy Brett passed before they finished. Correct. The the film versions. Yeah, of and that, what they were doing. Yeah, that yeah. was their vision was to do it all. And they and almost. Then, how far did they get? I, we've had this conversation before, I'm sure, but I don't I'm remember sure. what. They got pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then unfortunately he passed, and his health was not the best towards the end. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's 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 the first production to do that. Nice. So it's really really cool. That's worth that's worth listening just be, just for that. Honestly. It is. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I was talking to Tom about this. I will I will listen to those in addition to reading the original text, um, prepping for the podcast mm. because it's it's nice to hear it from a different filter and the the dramatical gravitas that's brought to it is pretty awesome. Uh, makes it stick all the, all, all the better. Yeah. Um, but yes, the, the Greek interpreter. So let me say this, Tom. Okay. When are people going to stop getting in carriages in the dead of night <laughs> under the word of a complete stranger? <laughs> Traveling with them to an unknown location, <laughs> being prevented from seeing where they're going, <laughs> and then are shocked when they get there, and they're they're scared. <laughs> well, considering there's three more volumes of home stories, I don't think it's going to stop anytime <laughs> soon. It, it occurred to me today on the way into work. I got an hour commute to work, folks. Uh, <laughs> I live an hour away from from Tom. Uh, grew up here, but I live an hour away. Um, but that occurred to me on the drive in and I'm like, son of a gun, we got another one. And I'm like, what's going on here? And like, you you're in the same club as Mycroft. You're not stupid. You're beyond stupid. And you're like, oh, yes, yes, I will. <laughs> I think so. Like, I don't care. And you know, you know what it's, he said, well, being, being an interpreter and I'm where, pretty well known because i'm one of the few you know sometimes i'm summoned at idy hours you know for maybe dignitaries that are arriving late or you know tourists and he's like so he's accustomed to those late calls that's stupid <laughs> I, ironically enough i i forget which story is right but i think um, our novel today references that kind of stupidity for a minute. I think so. Uh, I think Holmes mentions, we'll get to it when we get there, yeah. but Holmes in, in, um, in talking with Watson about these published stories that, yes. that Doyle allegedly is doing, and we'll talk about that, but mm -hmm. he says, he's like, look, these don't make any sense. Uh -huh. You know, why would a guy who wouldn't go somewhere because he thought it was a trap the day before, all of a sudden just waltzes right in the next day. Uh -huh. He's like, people aren't that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they are. And I think Holmes in, in, this, in the novel actually says something like, uh, uh, to, to make the criminals seem stupid mm -hmm. makes me seem stupid. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. He's like, look, it's, uh, yeah, you're, it's a, you know, that's a perfect summarization. 
Like, it's no great feat if I can pull one over on these it's very true. stupid criminals. Yeah. And then we're, just, we're in a cartoon. Now, not, yeah, I'm a, call, yeah. Me, call, me, call me Inspector Lestrade. <laughs> That's right. You know? uh, we, Yosemite Sam was foiled again. Yeah. It's not that difficult. It's not that difficult. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And he touches that even in the original stories. Yeah. Like, yeah. Holmes touches on that, and he's like... I really do wish that you would please retell my cases <laughs> in the perfect logical form that they are 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 distilled down to, not this trash with these you know romantic ideations yeah. and all this. It's it's funny because it's like okay, so we're supposed to read a math problem. That's essentially what you're asking me to do. Yeah, pretty I'm gonna much. A, I'm going to read a theorem. Pretty much. <laughs> Riveting. Riveting. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, this Greek interpreter goes to the same club as Mycroft. So that's how this whole thing starts. Mm. Um, but the, the story opens up where Watson and Holmes are talking. And Watson narrates that he, I, I never knew anything about this man's family, where he comes from. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I know that he exists. That's it. <laughs> um, so... When he mentions his brother Mycroft, Watson's like, um, "Pardon me, excuse me, pardon me." Um, and I, I don't know if you, uh, there's a part, Tom, and yeah, uh, tell me what you think. But, okay. Um, Holmes says, Watson says, "Well, you must be exaggerating because he says my brother Mycroft, seven years my senior, yeah, um, is exceedingly, exceedingly better." Than I am, yeah. Um, when it comes to deduction and logic and reasoning, and Watson just assumes and says, "Oh, well, that's that's an exaggeration, right?" <laughs> and Holmes' response is awesome because it's it's completely true to his character, and he says, "I am, I am, I see things in the most logical and plain, truthful as they are. I don't try to underestimate or overestimate." Or embellish, or embellish, at none at all. It is what it is. And he says, so therefore, when I tell you that my brother mm. is superior, he is superior. Yeah, I'm like that was a really, really cool. Yeah, no, you're right. It's just, it's just the fact that he won't, he won't do any of the work. Right. Yeah, he won't leave his club essentially, yep. and he, uh, I think he, Holmes even says he would rather just be called wrong than ever actually do the work to be proven right yes. or something like that. Right? Almost like it's kind of like a hobby for him. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, he's like, oh, I was wrong that time. Well, shucks, but I got darn close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it, 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 just the whole Mycroft thing, because this is the first, this is Mycroft's, obviously. This is, is first because, mention, yeah, yep. because, because, yeah. Uh, I know that um, I've, I've compared, well, because it's based on, you know, with yeah. Monk before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Monk does this exact thing in an episode of Monk. Okay. Where, because Monk has an, has an older brother, um, Ambrose, in uh, played by John Tutoro. Oh, is, how about that? Okay. fantastic. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it's the same thing where Monk's uh, nurse at the time, Sharona, they're, they're out doing something. She gets a phone call, and it's Ambrose. And, and she's like, Monk. You have a brother? He's like, oh yeah, did I never mention it? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he again, they say he's smarter, but he um, 
in the show, he's agoraphobic. So he won't leave his house. Yeah. And so that's how they, they play that in. But I just, I love how shows do things like that. Uh, I do too. When they're based on something. But yeah. It, it's it's a very nice way to pay respect. Yeah. Because um, like we already said, without Charles Combs, it would be no monk. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, you know, it's and it's it's cool to see those parallels. Um, At Mycroft, though, he wasn't, in a lot of stories after this, I know he has like a, oh, you could almost say a cameo in the final problem, right. I think. He's like the driver, I think. Something like that. Um, I can't recall really what the other stories are where he may make an appearance. I, I don't either. Yeah. Um, I think it's more um, outside the canon he has made a lot more appearances. Yeah, it, it's sort of like, almost like Irene Adler, right? Yeah. It, it's the, a very small character, honestly, that's been blown up due yes. to people just loving it. I, I pulled this off the shelf, uh, off my shelf before we started. Mycroft did have, for, for a, a period in the late 90s, have his own book series. No way. Yeah. Um... Mycroft, Mycroft Holmes Adventures. These were actually authorized by the Doyle estate. Yeah, authorized by Gene Conan Doyle. Uh, Quint, Quinn Fawcett, I believe, is yes. the author. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mycroft has his own you know, chronicler in this, uh, sort of like Watson. Very if, cool. If I remember, I don't think Holmes or Watson even appear in these stories. That's um, interesting. I, I, have, I have and have read two of them. The first one is called Against the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there were many. Maybe there were three or four. Um, I, I don't remember. The copy I have is a pocketbook. It's from 1997 is the first edition. This pocketbook is mm-hmm. from 98. And, um, I mean, I picked this up at a Borders. Nice. Probably in 98, Probably. Quite honestly. Probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a short run. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I mean, if I remember really enjoying them a lot. So if you ever are able to track down some of the Mycroft Holmes novels by Quinn yeah, Fawcett, uh, they're worth reading. They're nice. worth reading, yeah. Yeah, I just took a snapshot with my phone. Yeah. You know, um, that and that, you know, that, that's a that's a pretty po- cool poll question, I think. Yeah. So uh, for our listeners out there, would you rather die in a Borders <laughs> or Barnes <laughs> <a> Noble? <laughs> I miss Borders. I really do. I love Barnes and Noble. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. I miss Borders, though. Yeah, I do. They had. I think they they had a larger at the time, um, movie and music section mm-hmm. than Barnes and Noble did. Okay, and okay. so I I enjoyed going back and forth between the books and the movies and the music and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, Barnes and Noble had a had a small one even then. And now it's almost non-existent. Half it's oh, like half the of the by us, yeah. yeah, half of the movie section in our Barnes Noble is like pops and oh yeah, vinyls now. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I mean, physical physical DVDs and Blu-rays are kind of yeah. not really being sold in stores that much anyway. Yeah. But that's a podcast for another time. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I, I was in Borders a couple times. Yeah. I think I like the atmosphere of Barnes & Noble more. Um, Barnes but... & Noble is more book, bookish. Yes. A bookish atmosphere. Yeah. You remember those old... Um, not to interrupt, sorry. Uh, those old... Uh, Barnes & Noble used to have like the 
the the authors all around like the the walls in the cafe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was neat. Yeah. It was definitely more for the book people, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then now I was in it was actually the first store first new model of its kind. Mm. And that's out by me in Jersey, like a couple okay. towns away. And Tom, it is the best way I can dis- explain it. I don't know if I talked to you about this. It's like being an adult and going into an adult scholastic book fair. <laughs> the layout of this place, oh. it's like like winding corridors almost. Oh. So it's like the way the way the shelving looks to me, it's like as if the book carts were opened up. Yes. It did so cool, man. Oh, and there's those are some there's, good memories. You're yeah, right man. There. There's plenty of seating <clears throat> with like a table and two chairs, like yeah. easy chairs. Oh my god! Uh, like I, I wish it was closer. <laughs> um, but I, I do. It's a shame, and this is obviously a rabbit trail here. Um, <laughs> but the independent bookstores, man, they're being put out of business. Yeah. And it, it sucks. There was one, you probably remember it. Uh, so to, Tom and I are originally from the Pennsylvania area. Tom's yeah. from Philadelphia proper. I'm from just outside of Philadelphia, a place called Levittown. Um, and there was a store here called Second Chance Books. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Um, great little place. Everything was either 250 or 5 bucks. <laughs> um, you know, really easy. Small little shop, but tons of good stuff in it. You could trade your books in and get you'd be able to get up to half off your your purchase. Yeah. Um. Really, really awesome. Um. But they just wound up going out of business. Yeah. They're a couple of years and uh, it's it sucks. I would rather die in one of those. But oh, since, you could be you could be in there for hours. Oh yeah, man. There was one, and my father took me to it. My brother and I. It's in Cranberry, New Jersey. I think you took me there. Maybe. Years ago, I probably. think you took me there. I probably yeah. did. It was in an old Victorian home. Absolutely, yep. Yeah, man, they're they're no longer there. Um, oh, at the At the time, the person who owned the building was selling it. Oh, okay. So they tried to move down, literally down down the street into a little, like a smaller shop, but I don't believe that succeeded. Mm. Um, what they're doing now, I don't know, but, I mean, yeah, so you remember being in there. It was, it was dude. Oh, yeah. It it was an old Victorian home and it was just every single room had books in it. So if you went in the one room, it was <laughs> sci-fi mystery and yeah. like kids upstairs. You had basically your sciences in one room. Then you right. had the histories in the yep. other. Yeah. Um, it was such a cool feel. Yeah. My dad had been going there since the seventies. Mm. Um, and so it was, it was kind of like, like a family the family secret spot, yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, but uh, what one more one more uh point on this trail, um, I'll tell you what else I miss, those like traveling pop up book warehouses. Yeah, man, remember those? Oh yeah, it was just full of like overstock stuff. They overstock. all had like the black remainder mark on it, but who cares? Yeah, the books were like four dollars hardback oh, books. I have I have several books on my shelf are from there. I know they're from there. I remember buying them from there. Yep. Um, and like you never knew where they were going to be. All of a sudden, they just they pop, just pop up. up and they're there for like maybe a month and then they go somewhere else. Yeah. And I'll tell you the saddest thing in the world. I was. Um, where was I? I was. Uh, um, I forget where I was. Deptford, New Jersey. I okay. Think. 
and we were we were some reason at the Deptford Mall. I think it was like I think they had like a Disney store there. We were going to at the time or something like mm-hmm. that. And from a distance, we saw a sign um, peeking out of a shopping center driveway. Mm-hmm. Had like a couple stores, and then it said Bargain Book Warehouse. There you go. And you oh man, words. we went right there, and we pulled in that parking lot. And I don't know when they had been there, mm-hmm. but they were no longer there. Oh, man. And they just, they left the sign up. And what a tease it it's was. I expected shame. to fill the car with all the treasures I found. Mm-hmm. And I found nothing. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. I agree that this place is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, I And it, it was either remainders or ones that were slightly defective. Yeah. For example, like, I got, like, a leather-bound volume of... The Lord of the Rings trilogy, mm. it was missing a headband. Like, you know, like <laughs> on the spine? Yeah. The yeah. top headband was gone. <clears throat> yeah. um, but Ooh, other than that, it was... Yeah, man. I was like, this is great. It was a $75 book. Yeah. $75 book. Comes in a slip cover. Like... Oh, yeah. What more can you ask for? Well, I've got... I know on my shelf, I've got... Uh, La- Larry Millette uh, wrote a series of books, uh, Sherlock Holmes Adventures in America. I've seen his yeah. name, yeah. I really like those books. They're nice. really good. Um, sev- I think three or four of them on my shelf right now, I know for a fact I found in Bargain Book Warehouse. Okay. Hardback, first edition, really covers. They oh, just yeah. got that, you know, pesky little black mark on the bottom. Uh, but, I mean, other than that, it's in great condition. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, you can't beat it. Yeah. Unless you're looking to sell a first edition of something yeah. for, for money. Right. It, who cares about a remainder mark? No. It's it's the book. It's everything you need. It's, yeah. it's right there. It's 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 good. Looks good on the shelf. Hundred yeah. percent true, man. Do my one more point on this trail. Oh please, it's our show. We can do whatever. Absolutely. Whatever we want. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my dad went to a a book sale in New Egypt, New Jersey. Okay. This is before I was born. <laughs> Married to my mother, and. The books, Tom, were 10 cents a book. Oh, man. It's bad. My dad <laughs> spent 20 bucks. <laughs> so those of you who are mathematically challenged like myself, that's 200 books that my dad's loading into this car. And my mom so that's where you get it from. had a bird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's the truth, man. I, I get it from my dad. I get a lot of stuff from my dad. Believe me, good stuff and and, and unfortunate <laughs> me stuff. Me too. But that's me all too. of us, you know. Yeah, exactly. From my dad, that um, no, makes that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it's and, and plus, you know, it's it's the it's the consequences of being a book person. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you know as well as I do. Like you, you. I mean, <laughs> I have books that I've recently donated. Yeah. That I had held on to. For over 10 years. <laughs> and picked up on a one. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to read that. <laughs> no, it didn't. It is still sitting there taking up space. Oh, yeah. And and bringing in another book. And it's like, we can't have... We, we just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Books in this place. Yeah. I'm bringing another one in. And so I'm like, that's time to get rid of the ones I don't I don't read. But it's it's a byproduct. You just... Absolutely. You just I was reading... Um, it's funny. I told Heather about it, my wife... And she was like, uh, yeah, no, absolutely not going to do that. <laughs> and like, for me, it was like this romantic, like idea of like, it was so amazing. So, the, uh, the, the, he was going to, uh, basically interview this author who was a really good friend of his. And 
he lived in New York, and he went into his, you know, his flat. Yeah. Books everywhere. And when I say <laughs> everywhere, Tom, there were books stacked on top of the refrigerator. There were stacks of books under tables. Um, it was, they were everywhere. And his wife was so, so benevolent going along with it. But he's like, oh, he's like, I think I got a book that I, I, I want to show you. And he's like, come with me. They go into the library proper. <laughs> right. <laughs> this dude gets down on his hands and knees. Oh, man. Crawls underneath the desk. Has his own, like, one of those <laughs> clamp lights. Yeah. <laughs> like, down there. And he's like, click, click, like a miner. And he's like, found it. And I'm just like, that's so awesome. And and I tell it to Heather and her blood runs cold. <laughs> and she's a librarian. <laughs> she loves books. Um, well, I do remember the books that almost killed you the one night. Oh, my gosh. Did I ever say it on here? I don't think I did. I don't think you did. I remember you telling Man. me the story. <laughs> So uh, probably if you're listening to this, some of you probably have these bookshelves. Um, so it's it's not like a bookcase. What it is is it's 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 metal strips where you put in basically these clips that you would rest a basically a plank of wood on, and you screw it into the wall. It's so like a little floating bookshelf. It's floating bookshelf. Yeah. It's a customizable bookshelf, so you can add and take away shelves. It's anchored to the wall. Well. There was so much, so many books on here. It wasn't just mine. It was my dad's books on it, too. My bed was right underneath it. Never thought anything of it. You know, tight for space. So one day I'm in the living room with my parents, and all I hear is... And we're like, what's that? And my mom's like freaked out. She's looking at me. I was like, oh, it's the books. Oh, I know it's those shelves. And man, it sure was. And I'm like, yo, I could have been sleeping under that tonight. Like, that would have been it. And I'm looking at the shelves and I'm like, okay, uh, let me see here. Um, what would knock me out first? Um, and, uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? Um, anyway, it was a big collection. Big, big fat book. <laughs> And uh, and I'm like, that's going to hit me first. I hope it hits me first because that's going to put me out and then everything's going to pile on. Yeah. Um, he died doing what he loved, almost reading some books. Almost reading some books. It's crazy. My brother used to be like, do you, you're, you moved on, on, you didn't finish that book. And I'm like, I don't know. Do the same thing. Dude, now as an adult, I'm like, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's book ADHD. There's book ADHD. There is. But, like, I have ADHD. Got diagnosed a few years ago, like I've said on here before. And I'm like, you know, it makes so much sense now. Like, that I could finish books when I was, like, in elementary school. Yeah. And then, like, middle school and then, like, into high school. It's like, when I hit puberty, it's like, I can't finish a book to save my life. You know what I mean? Like, if you were sitting in front of me and somebody had a gun cocked and, like, finished that book, I'm like... I get a quarter way through, and I'm like, I want to read something else. <laughs> no saving it. Oh, my God. Oh, it's fun. It's 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 fun being book people, isn't it? Tom? Oh, I love it. I love books. And I'll probably go to Barnes Noble this weekend. Honestly, so, that's where and, I'm at. And what's better than being a book person, Tom? A Sherlock Holmes person. Yeah, because that's what this podcast is about. It sure is. And we are sentenced two into the Greek interpreter. <laughs> that's it. Sentence two. Right in. You got it. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yes. Um, uh, 
How do we get on that? I don't know. Watson and Watson and Holmes Mycroft, talking about Mycroft. Borders, about Mycroft and then it went off. Because you that. got your book from Borders. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> so I think that's really dope. Um, I've never seen a Mycroft book series before. Yeah, it's, it's they're that's good. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, I have at home. Uh, Heather picked up for me for my birthday one year. It is a. It's like the mammoth book of Moriarty stories. Oh, I feel like I've seen that yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Man, I I've read a few of those, and I'm like, this is. This is different. Yeah. Also, Very not different. a really major character in the canon. Yeah, when you think about it. Yeah. It, I, pretty much he's in one story. Mm-hmm. He's mentioned in the Valley of Fear, which was a flashback. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens when you have a character that's... it's it's that's He's featured very little, but there's so much gravitas about him. Yeah. That it's like it's it's like he was in all the books. He's one of the greatest literary villains there are. Absolutely, and he's hardly in existence. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. 100% true, man. And that was like, um, and I, I know you haven't seen the movie, but Silence of the Lambs. Um, I know, I know, I know you know the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Hannibal Lecter, played by Anthony Hopkins. Um, I believe at least the trivia I looked at, he only has twenty minutes on screen. I've heard that less than that. Yeah, in that movie. And again, yeah, biggest freaking villain of that movie. All you think about is Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, Jodie Foster had more screen time than he did. Yeah, and it's it's just it's one of those things that stick with you. And same thing with Moriarty. Yeah, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's fun to see, especially in the in what we do to see how these characters have complete spinoffs. Yeah, um, into things, and it's I think it's different with literature that you can do that yeah. versus like you have a TV show where. I mean, like, like Toby from The Office. We're gonna give him a whole series himself, <laughs> a whole spinoff. And you're like, Yo, Toby's in like eight episodes. <laughs> you sure about that? So like, it's kind of like that, but it works because it's literature. Yeah. Um, yeah. you can build around it. Um, and you put into the character what you, your your own imagination. Too. Correct. And so, it's 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 a matter of. I like this character because I put myself into it. Yes. And yeah. So. No, I agree. So you you have this conversation taking place with Holmes and Watson about Mycroft's superiority. Um, when I think he gets a note from Mycroft. Okay. I believe. Um, yeah. Within an hour, Watson has been introduced to Mark Walter brother. Um, so yeah, they go down to the Diogenes Club. Yeah, where uh, Mycroft is a founder. Um, fun facts about the Diogenes Club: it was formed specifically for men who would rather not have much dealings with people, and they like to have their private time. Um, Mycroft was a founder, and so <laughs> you weren't allowed to speak at all. That's right. In the entire yeah. place, except in a room called the strangers' room. <laughs> Um, if, if you offended the rule of silence, depending on the severity or how many times you will be ejected from the club. So they go and they meet Mycroft at his club in this room. And they, this scene takes place where they're both looking out a window and they're going back and forth about the observations of this, this former soldier. Um, and it's, it's. Watson narrates, and you see how Mycroft is superior yeah. to him in that sense. Um, but then 
they get to small talking and then comes around the idea of cases. And he says, I, I just came across a case that you might find interesting. Um, and I can have him come in and speak with you. He's a, he lives across the way from me and he's also a member of the club. So in comes Mr. Malos. And he describes this whole tale, which if you've read it, you know what the tale is. Um, and like we said, this poor guy, again, gets abducted in the middle of the night to go somewhere <laughs> that he has no idea where he's going. There's paper on the windows in this carriage. <laughs> Don't get in that carriage. Don't get in that carriage. Uh, but he didn't find out till after. Like, he got in, right. and he rolled yeah. the windows up, and he's like, there's paper on these things. <laughs> um, and his name was uh, Harold. Harold. Uh, I try to do this stuff without looking at the text because I try to test my memory, see if I have it all memorized. Uh, Latimer, I believe. Harold Latimer. Yes, Harold Latimer. And he's a younger man, and they get in here, man, and he's very matter-of-fact, and yet proper. He's proper, yet matter-of-fact, and he's like, look, your services are required. Mm. Um, if you utter a word to anybody, I will blow your brains out. <laughs> Just like that. Um, and I think that the... the the uh the uh the 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 brains behind this is an older gentleman and he's like always laughing yeah you know i find him horrifying mm. uh, not horrifying is not the right word but out of all the villains we've encountered so far yeah. i fear him the most mm. because he's maybe because it's he because he laughs but it's like i said he's a proper gentleman yeah but he laughs when he says these things and it's just like wow you really don't care yeah. Like, it don't matter to you. Like, killing yeah. is as easy as breathing. Um, yeah. L- little, little Joker-ish in there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's very... It's very interesting. Um, I have in my head the, the Clive Marison audio drama in my yeah. head. And they weighed the character... The actor that his voice was, was, was great. Um, and he made him have this like this high pitched, um, they like like kind of like the Joker, and like at one point, um, that first go around after uh, May loss is dismissed, um, this this older gentleman comes up and he's like again same thing they warn him yeah but like when he warns him he has that laugh going he's like and he's like got his finger in his chest. And I'm like, this is, this is scary. This is very scary. Um, eerie. It is very yeah. eerie. So they, they release him and he goes back and now he's, went to Mycroft and he's talking to Holmes and he's like, I, I want to help this man. This guy was in bad shape. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very brilliant. Um, it's very interesting how the interpreter, how Mr. Malos, the interpreter, goes about talking to Paul Christides, the, the, the man from Athens mm. that is being held hostage here. Um, first, he made sure that the two, two thugs behind him don't understand what he's saying. So when he realizes that, not only does he ask and say the things that they want him to say to this man, but he adds on very little short sentences Basically, con- having a whole other conversation with this man. Right. Like, who are you? Where are you from? What happened to you? So he's got all yeah. this information. It's freaking awesome. Um, and was able to 
bring that back. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of conflicted about this. Tell me how you feel. So, like, he was told multiple times, you utter this to anybody, we'll kill you. We will kill you. So, lo and behold, Holmes is like, we haven't made any progress. And Mycroft's like, well, I took an ad out in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> and part of me was like, wait, what? And like, we didn't consult this dude before you did it? I'm like, he's got a target on his back now. Yeah, that is the opposite of keeping it to yourself. It's opposite of keeping it to yourself. You have told everyone who can read. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Holmes or Mycroft. Holmes was like, well, they... um." They'll most certainly know that you squealed now. <laughs> like, no. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Mycroft's the smarter one? The smarter one here yeah. is what I'm gathering. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man. It was, and especially, the, I mean, how this whole thing ends. I mean, the poor brother dies. And that's who, who this guy was. He's the brother mm-hmm. of the woman they were holding captive, Sophie. And he dies. Melos almost dies. Mm. Uh, basically, they were being poisoned. They had right. burning charcoal in a room, and um, <laughs> that sucks, man. That's a that's a sucky way to go. Yeah, especially hearing them describe that. Like yeah. the, the dude's eyes are bulged out of his head. Mm. Freaking crazy. Well, it, it, it <laughs> tonight's a night of of some graphic deaths. So yeah, yeah, to say the least. Best is yet to come. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I thought it was a really cool story. Um, definitely different from up to this point, what we've read. Um, yeah, well, any, I mean, anytime you introduce a new, a new mm, character to, yes. it's going to be at a, a new level to things for sure. Right. And that, you know, with Mycroft, yeah. just this, this inside knowledge he has about things yes. or just the, the club or mm-hmm. now... Holmes family stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, even that's just a little bit of a inside thing. I, I think, was it a novel we read a couple, a couple long time ago, um, teased uh, Holmes and Mycroft's childhood or something like that. Okay. I, think. I forget what novel we were reading that where, where they mentioned yeah. that. It wasn't a Doyle novel. but It may have been Lovegrove. It may have been. And it was just like, oh man, like I, I want more of that. Yeah. I want more... Of the Holmes family stuff, and yeah. you know, I want to know more about how Mycroft and Holmes were as brothers growing up. And that would be really cool. Stuff. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, that's one of the things he talks about at the beginning of the of the of the story is their mother was the sister of famous artist Vernier, mm. and I'm like, right. well, that's cool. Yeah, and that's how they get to talking about how their their abilities are inherited. Yeah, and it's hereditary. Yeah, um, which is really cool. And it's, uh, it is, it, anytime you get the background on a character, it makes them that much more real. It flushes oh, yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, it's not just, it's not just a two dimensional drawing on a page. It's not yeah. three dimensional. And it, particularly for, in this case, I mean, you're how many stories in now? You're, you're almost two volumes of short stories in. Yeah. And you're just now like, oh, Mycroft. Yeah, Very and cool. at the time Doyle was was wrapping up his. Well, he thought he was wrapping yeah, up. Yeah, that's his times, true. His time as an author of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, so. two two more episodes. Yeah. it's game over. Yeah, and you're introducing a new character. Yeah, so <laughs> I never thought of it that way. It's a hundred percent true. Yeah, hundred percent true. Um, whew, man, I still. Believe... The fact that he killed him off. 
<laughs> yeah. And people were just like, it's an outrage. His own mother. I know we said that we talked about this before. I know. Yeah, it but just it's blows still, me away. It's yeah. like his own mother was like, son, what did you do? <laughs> Are you stupid? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, no, no, dinosaurs. And like, no, we don't care. No, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Spielberg will care in a long yeah, ways from now. Whatever that. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, but that uh, that's the, the, the Greek interpreter. Um, do you have anything else to add, Tom? I do not, but I, I have, I'm really excited that we're almost done the memoirs. Yeah. Um, Pretty which is, awesome. Which is exciting. Yes. And I guess um, we kind of talked a little bit last time, and, um, well, you know what? I won't say that because I'm going to save it. But that was right. kind of dumb that I said it now, isn't it? So I <laughs> Tom's going to save and not say what I have no idea what he's not no, saying. Le, le, Mike and I talked a while ago, and so when we're done the memoirs, we're gonna. Um, the holidays are coming, of course. Yes, so yes, yes. Gonna, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna break out some more uh, of the uh, cane face, questionable hog nose, questionable quality Holmes <laughs> Christmas, Christmas stories. stories. <laughs> That's very, Before we very jump true. into the return, which I think is the yeah. next uh, collection. Yeah, so, yeah, and I think it's um, Tom and I talked last week, and the way this is gonna time, hopefully, um, the. The uh, when we finish the last Sherlock Holmes story, that episode when we do yeah, our conclusion, yeah. it will be the short story, the final problem. Yeah. So it's really cool that those team up you, you that way. You can't ask for a better. You can't. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really. It's going to be great. That's poetic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, looking forward to that. Like I said, next week the Naval Treaty, mm. which is also a really good one. Um, hell, they're all good. <laughs> True. You know what I mean? Uh, for different reasons, but, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's something my brother would laugh at me for. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'd be like, yeah, that's a, it's a good one. And they would be like, <laughs> yeah, Doyle. Of course it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and he said this to me particularly about movies. Like, yeah. and he's like, I wish you elaborate more. Cause like I commented, uh, on one of the. There's an app called Letterboxd. I don't know if oh, you're yeah, familiar with it. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with it, yeah. So, like, uh, I posted on there, like, The Rope with Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> oh. That was really good. Have you seen it? I have seen oh, it. Oh, it's really good. Hitchcock, I think. It is Hitchcock. Really, really it good. A very strange movie, but good. <laughs> My comment was, Jimmy Stewart was great. <laughs> or his monologue was great. <laughs> and Dave, like, laughs, laughs every time he thinks about it. He's like, he didn't give any other explanation. It was just like, it was a great monologue. Yeah. Well, people might not of know that Jimmy Stewart it's happens Jimmy Stewart. to be great. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. So that's next. That's uh, in two weeks from now. So just as a reminder, we are trying to do episodes every two weeks now. Yes. Um, Tom Schoolier fired up. Um, I'm, I'm just being pulled in different directions. So to do it every two weeks for you folks, and that way we give you quality. Versus quantity. Yeah. Um, I think we'll be more consistent in the long run yeah, in that way. I think so. so. Yeah. Um, so that'll be good. Um, and now uh, we're going to move on to the uh, next section of our podcast where we talk about uh, Sherlock Holmes lookalike contests in your area. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, oh, I was looking forward to that. That's it, man. It's a Graceland for Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> See you in London, Bakerland. Bakerland. Although that might get confusing for Baker people. Land. Might get confused. <laughs> um, yeah. Moving on to the last Sherlock Holmes story. So I know that 
I know that you and I are super stoked to talk about this. Yes. Yes, um, we are. I am. Yes. We, uh, Tom Lynn and I were just discussing off mic. <laughs> I read this book once years ago, and it stuck with me. This is so fantastic. Yeah. Tom, same thing, but he's mm-hmm. reread the last chapter multiple times. I have. Has not read it cover to cover again. No, not since I read it the first time. Yeah. So this is this is a treat to read this again. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially together, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We can talk about it, which is great. Um, but the, t- today we're, we're covering, um, you know, the forward, the introduction, the first two chapters. Yeah. Um, they're, they're meaty chapters. Oh, yeah, they are. So between the intro, the forward, and the first two chapters, you're talking 84 pages. Yeah. At least in our copy. Yeah. So that's pretty sizable. It is. Pretty sizable since, the, I mean, the whole, the whole story... You're looking at 190 pages, so it's yeah, almost it's not a half. super long book. No, no. Um, so it's a it, it's a, it is a short re- read comparatively. Yeah. Uh, to what things could. Be. I had I was um, pleasantly surprised how fast I was able to read these chapters. Same. Because uh, I think I've said before, I I do not like lengthy chapters in books. Mm-hmm. I like under 10 page chapters because I'll read more that way. I'll fly right. through chapter after chapter. Um, but I mean, it didn't take me that long to read these pages. Good. And uh, I had forgotten how simplistic is the wrong word, but like straightforward, I guess, the the events and the plot are mm. of this of this novel. Yeah, they are pretty straightforward. Yeah. There's not much fluff around it. Before we jump in, I, I, I did want to bring up something. Yes. Because, uh, no secret, this is a story about Sherlock Holmes and Jack the Ripper. Yes. Um, that becomes quite evident very early. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> so I thought it would be fun. Uh, I looked up a little bit of the history of Sherlock Holmes and Jack the Ripper okay. stuff. Because this, I mean, there's no better pairing. Jack the Ripper, this real-life <clears throat> scenario mm-hmm. that happened at the same time that the Sherlock Holmes stories are pretty much set. Right. Yeah. So, no question, there's going to be tons of stuff that people want to do with Sherlock Holmes and Jack the Ripper. Yeah, man. As they should, by the way. Right. Um, so the first thing I wanted to bring up was movies, movies about Sherlock Holmes and Jack yeah. the Ripper. Oh yeah. There have been a few. I know, Mike. You and I watched one together several years ago. Who? Uh, and that is the first thing. 1965's A Study in Terror. Uh, it was a British film, and uh, I there's uh, several companies that for a long time were doing like manufactured on demand DVDs mm-hmm. of like movies that nobody really wanted to buy. Yeah. But like, if you were a real movie buff, mm-hmm. like the it would be like a essentially like a DVDR, real bad quality, right. you know, like a dollar store copy. Yeah. Uh, but like official from the studio. And so I got a hold of this, you know, mm-hmm. and I think uh, Mike came over, I think another yeah. friend of ours, I think Ben, ben was there, ben was there. Yep. and we're like, we're going to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And man, this movie was terrible. Um, this was like, I want to say it was a B movie, but I think it was like an E movie. Oh, and it about, wasn't Peter Cushing, right? No, no, it was, it was not, not Peter Cushing. Yeah. 
Holmes is uh, John Neville, it says. I don't know who that is outside of what I just read, but it was um, not a good movie, and it was really gory. Like I remember that. Really gory. It was real gory, man. <laughs> they went through, I, and I swear, the way the blood looked like, they, they just used buckets of paint. Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't like Bright red top paint, quality man. gore. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really bloody, but, like, you knew it wasn't blood. You know, like, yeah. We're talking garage, <laughs> gra- garage practical effects here. Yeah, it was like if the original Psycho wasn't in black and white, like, hey, that is chocolate milk going down the drain, right? <laughs> right, yeah. right, uh, right. It was that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, But uh, it was not quality. I was disappointed, for one. In fact, I... Look, you know how many movies I have. I don't even have that disc yeah. anymore because I'm like, oh, wow. it's not worth keeping. Wow. <laughs> uh, there is a better... Sherlock Holmes, Shaq the Ripper movie that I do still have. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we watched this together, Mike. I don't Mike, think so. But it's called like uh, Murder by Decree. Okay. And this, uh, Holmes is, uh, Holmes and Watson are Christopher Plummer and James Mason. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is a good movie. James Mason. As James in... Mason is Watson. Okay. Yeah. As in, like, the, the, the big actor um, from... Um, one of the original Star is Born and uh, was he in Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea? Is oh, that who that I, was? Yeah, I think so. And he played yeah. Nemo. Yes, I think that oh, is James okay. Mason. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's been in tons of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and he's great. And Christopher Plummer, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're Holmes and Watson, and this is a good movie. This is yeah. like um, it was British Canadian thriller. All right. Um, the the ending is a little. I won't give it away uh, because I want uh, you, Mike, and our listeners to go and watch it if yeah. you want. Uh, but there is a little bit of a twist ending for the reveal of who Jack the Ripper was. Uh, even now, I'm not sure that I'm totally on board with that twist ending. Okay. But the movie was good. Is it the same? Is it the same ending that a lot of modern portrayals of Jack the Ripper are putting forth? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you you not can. Uh, can can say off mic uh, okay. what it is because I don't want to give it away. Yeah, but, that's true. Um, but yeah, it's the movie as a whole quality quality yeah. movie, thrilling, uh, good pace. I mm-hmm. like it. Um, there is another one called Time After Time from nineteen seventy nine. I did not know this existed, right. but I'll tell you right now, I want to see it. Yeah. It's not okay. So let me read the plot to this. Right, H. Um, G. Wells. Ooh who is known to the police under the pseudonym Sherlock Holmes. Well, that's interesting. Chases after Jack the Ripper, who uses a time machine to time travel into 1979. It's a movie. It's a movie. Wow. And I would be hesitant about that at first until it is, um, <laughs> it is directed by Nicholas Meyer. Oh, no way. Who wrote t- several of the great Sherlock yeah. Holmes, Pastiche, the 7% Solution, yeah. West End Horror. That's cool. Yeah. And he was actually, he's a big director. He directed several of the um, Star, Star Trek, Trek movies. movies. Yeah, yeah, man. Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Like the, so I'm like, okay, no this movie sounds dumb. Oh, Nicholas Meyer. Now I must see it. Right. Now exactly. I must see it. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously he's also a big Holmes fan. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's yeah. going to be there. So. Um, I want to bring those to the attention. There's also a couple weird, like, PC Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper computer games. Interesting. I'm sure they're unplayable if you ever find a disc. You can't play them anymore. <laughs> um, but um, books. So we actually have this one, of course. 
Um, the last can I, Sherlock Holmes story. Can I stop story. you real quick? Please go ahead. You said PC games. Yeah. I didn't think computer. Oh, what were you thinking? I was thinking like politically, politically correct, correct games. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Computer. Microsoft. Microsoft. Like Sherlock Holmes' brother, Microsoft. Like Sherlock Holmes' brother, Microsoft. <laughs> it's good stuff. Continue. It's just a, but it, no, it was such no, a delayed no. reaction for me. I was like, oh. God. Uh, so they, we have uh, Sherlock Holmes in the Autumn of Terror. Okay. Uh, from 2016. So that's that's Oh, recent. wow. That's recent. Um, we have a short story called The Singular Habits of Wasps. Uh, by Jeffrey Landis. Uh, apparently, that's in the anthology The Improbable Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. There's no date there. Okay. Um, the Ripper Legacy, also from 2016, by David Stewart Davies, who I never heard of that one, but I'm pretty sure I've heard, I've seen his name. We've heard the author connected on, with Sherlock Holmes before. Yeah, he's he's several of his books are in the the Further Adventures Titan line. Yeah, I think correct. Um, Dust and Shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, from 2009 <clears throat> by Lindsay Fay. Uh, I feel like I've seen that in the store, actually. I feel like I've heard her name before, too. Uh, and The Whitechapel Horrors yes, by Edward B. Hanna, which is actually on my shelf. I have one nice. of the, the original paperback. Oh, no way. Sweet. Um, like that trade paperback edition. Y- yeah. Um, and that's been on my shelf for a while. Oh, I'm sure. And I, that's from 92. Yeah. And that's definitely on my list of something to read sometime. So yeah, I just want Sherlock Holmes and Jack the Ripper, they have a history. They do. Um, but it looks like this is the first, um, this Michael Dibden novel is the first English, in English, uh, novel about oh. Holmes and, and Jack the Ripper. Oh, okay. According to the website I looked at anyway. So Got you. This was... <laughs> This was covering new ground in every single way. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, folks, it really, yeah. really is. I, I it, Stop reading whatever book you're reading. <laughs> Please. And start reading this one. Please. Uh, it, it, it's amazing. And yeah. this guy, I think, was born. It, this guy was born in 1947. Okay? Yeah, that's what it says on the jacket. Yeah. yeah. And this book came out in 70... 79, I think. Yeah, there you go. 79. Guy was 32 years old. That's crazy. It's, it, it is crazy, man. That's a masterpiece. And I think it's the only home story he wrote. It is? Yeah. He's a, he was like a crime a crime novelist. Yeah. But I mean like it I, I think it was he pro I would imagine he did he he only wrote this one cuz it's the last Sherlock Holmes. Story. Sure. Um, but I wish he had written more. His voice, so it, it, his voice lends to it so well. He's good at capturing yes. the tone yep. and the dialogue. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it really is. I would remarkable. have thought he was like Nicholas Meyer, like writing five or six of these. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, he would, he could definitely do it. Yeah. Um, how about that? So this is the first English, yeah, rendition. I yeah. Didn't, okay, I didn't know that all those were not uh, English renditions. Well, the other one, everything I read um, was after this. Yeah. Yeah. So the there was one thing I couldn't pronounce that was from another country that might have had, might have been written first. But mm-hmm. this is the first one in English. So, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I can imagine, like, you're looking at the titles, or you're looking at the, you're reading a book, and it's, 
you know, Italian, 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 Jack the Ripper, Italian, 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 Italian. <laughs> French, 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 Jack the Ripper, French, French, Jack the Ripper. <laughs> but I mean, that's how uh, intriguing this case has been to everyone over the yeah, years. Man. In I mean, it, this happened in England, but I mean, it's on the same time that he was writing the that Watson was writing these stories. Absolutely, that Arthur Conan Doyle was there, man. yeah, it's the same yeah. time frame. Like it, it honestly, it's surprising that he didn't write. A story pitting these two together. Yes, I agree. I, I don't think Doyle did he any inc- ever incorporate real events into his stories. Oh, I don't think he did. I don't think he did either. So maybe that was the reason maybe why. But yeah, I'm surprised. It, it, I would have loved to have seen what Doyle could have done with it. Yeah, because I mean, it, they're definitely yeah. Jack the Ripper had the notoriety even or, then. Or honestly, maybe it wouldn't have been well received. Oh, uh, you know what I mean? Too. Since it like just happened. Oh yeah, these you poor know? victims and their yeah. families. That's a good. Yeah. I, I'm just Make thinking about buck. that now. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're 100. Right. So now, now the time has passed. We can capitalize on tragedy. <laughs> yeah, man. Did I? Quick aside. I saw yeah. this political cartoon. It's it's like these executives in a high rise. They're looking out at the at the basically the world in front of them, the city underneath them, and it's all it is is in flames. Mm. And the one exec says to the other. Quick, we need to figure out how to monetize this and fast. I'm like, <sighs> sad but true. Sad but true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but those are those are cool. Uh, that's awesome tidbits. Yeah, yeah. Really, I, looked, really I, really I, I thought that was fascinating. Um. Yeah, I even I even asked Tom before, like episodes and episodes ago. I'm like, that's really cool. Bring more trivia in that stuff. Yeah, because that's great. And it's 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 fun all the way around, but it's fun particularly for me because I got no idea what he's going to tell me. <laughs> so it's nice. I, li- I like that unexpected factor, you know, because that's what makes things organic. Yeah. Like, yeah. who wants to listen to us getting on the show and I'm reading, boy, that was such a good story. <laughs> Let me tell you why in the next 10 paragraphs I'm going to read to you on air. Yeah. Like, nobody wants that. No, no. We don't even want that. <laughs> we don't even want that. 100% true. Um. All right, so uh, let's dig in, man. I feel yeah. like this is like a full course meal, man. Yeah. Um, so even from the forward, uh, jump, jump Street at the forward, we're already diving into the, the Sherlockian universe. Yes, and I, I love that Michael Dibden joins in the game. And and yep. and you know the 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 found manuscript type mm-hmm. of uh, thing. Yeah, I think I've said this before. Anytime an author does that, I'm in. Yep, same. <laughs> it's like sweet. Like you get it. Yeah, you understand. You're one why of us. Do this. You're yeah, one of us. yeah, you get this. Um, that's exactly what they do. It's uh, you know, it's it's that it's that you know. Uh, d- deposit battered to b- deposit bank uh, box that got. Yep. Blown away in World War Two and was discovered. <laughs> um, had to been a pretty big box, Tom, for all those. Yeah, I know for all these lost manuscripts. These lost manuscripts, man. Uh, is this the first time, by the way? Sorry to. Uh, is this the first time you ever hear of a cause of death for Watson? Hmm. Because it op- the forward opens up saying. Um, I think so. That he 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 had a fall. Um, I think it says right. I th- died of injuries sustained in a fall near his home. Yeah. In in, in Hampshire. I don't feel like I've ever in any of the pastiches that we've read. Yeah, I was certain within our the ones we read. Yeah, yeah, I never remember hearing anyone say <clears throat> a cause of death for Watson. Neither have I. I assumed it was just like he got old and died. Yeah, but 
Uh, it makes good. me wonder why Dibden added that specific detail. Well, it's uh, let's look at it this way. It's nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. So it's not like like we're looking at it as far as today goes. This is nineteen seventy nine. There may have not have been any reason or circumstances around Watson's death. Yeah. So th- this could be him giving more background to Watson. Yeah. And flushing that out more. I mean, I love it. I, I think it's great. Yes. Um, I just, I was unexpected. I had forgotten that too. Yeah. When I, when I started reading it again. Yeah. yeah it's really cool. Uh, and I don't, you, I don't know if you picked this up or not. I know that there's debate as to what the H stands for in John H. Watson. Mm. From everything I've read, it's John Hamish Watson. That's, that's mostly what I hear too. Yeah. yeah. This is John Herbert Watson. You're right. And you know what, Mike? I didn't even pick that up until you just said it. <laughs> I obviously read that the very first sentence yeah. in this foreword. Mm-hmm. But you're right. That's, yeah, I've always, Hamish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 a, that's one of the other things I love about our fandom. It's like we, <laughs> there's a debate about what the H stands for. Yeah. And like scholarly papers, <laughs> scholarly works, and it's awesome. Yeah. Like it's someone really has their really cool. doctorate based on that. Yeah, I'm sure. And I, I feel like it's like, you know what? It's that kind of, it's that kind of discussion, that kind of talk. That I mean, it really brings gravity to like us being nerds. Yeah, I'm um, like, because people have this idea of like, oh, it's nerdy. Oh, you haven't grown up. You're this. Like, no, dude, you li- you read this. <laughs> this is dudes with letters at the end of their name. Yeah. Have written this. I remember being made fun of in middle school for reading Sherlock Holmes. No way. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Uh, I'm the, the same copy of The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, that Reader's Digest yeah. cool copy I love. That I used to bring it to school with me, mm-hmm. and I would read it in study hall in middle school. Yeah. And people would mock me and say, what are you reading that for? And I felt like saying, like... Th- you try reading it. Go ahead. I bet you yeah, can't. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know go for I mean? it. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> this is not, 100%. you know, this is your high elevated language that, that yes, is being is. Talked to, being discussed Absolutely, here in this British literature. Man. Absolutely. 100% true. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And they were That's dumb awesome. anyway. They were dumb anyway. <laughs> Next week, Tom's going to read off the list of names of those men and women. <laughs> Yeah, I bet you don't have a podcast. You don't have a podcast. <laughs> That's too um, uh, Another thing about the foreword I wanted to bring up is um, as as uh, as the foreword is going on, because they don't, they don't, of course, tell you what it is, but they hint that um, what, you're, what we're about to read is controversial. Yes. And um, they even say that... Uh, when it was read and talked about after they found it in the tin box, that people like Holmesian uh, scholars were up in arms and saying this was untrue. Right. And somebody said, yeah, Dr. Watson's uh, has well-documented facts that he kind of went crazy in his old age. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. I'm like, that's, that's nuts. I'm like, I, okay, first of all, I want to read more about that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like I want to, I want to read about old man crazy Watson. Where are these well documented <laughs> yeah. facts or papers or letters that crazy Watson went Watson. crazy in his old age? Uh-huh. I want to read more about that, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I assume that Dibden, you know, is making all this stuff up, obviously. But 
if if you can hook me in the forward to read um, scholarly papers that do not in fact exist, uh, like <laughs> yeah. good for you. Good for you. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's called art. That's called yeah. genius. I am ready to read these papers that do not, do not exist. It's <laughs> oh, fantastic. It's true, man. That's how I felt when I first read the seven percent solution, mm. and I'm like. Wow, this is so cool. Yeah. And like the way it was being described, then I'm like, did they really find another <laughs> manuscript? And then I'm like, oh, they didn't. No, this is dope. Yeah. Because you're for a minute, you're like, they found Watson's, but wait, wait, Watson's not real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, they, of course, they didn't find anything. <laughs> That's the first introduction to any Sherlock Holmes book I ever read that had that. Needed. I think it was me too yeah. that read it that way. Absolutely. I was like, this is because Meyer even put like a, a reprint of the reminiscences. You yes. Know? Yeah. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm again. I'm all in. If you do that, I'm all in. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So it, 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 I like that. Even from the forward, we're already immersed. Yeah. Like you're right. From Jump Street. You're right. Um, and that's that's really really great. Um. Into the introduction, I like that, well, maybe it's in the first chapter, but already we're getting a date of when this all took place. Yes. Um, and several times in the first two chapters, um, Watson points out and states cases yeah. that were taking place while this was happening. Yeah, in between, do- yeah. It was Silver Blaze and Noble Bachelors, the ones I remember him quoting. Yes. So it gives it gives a really cool background and a tapestry to go with with this, versus this just happening in a vacuum. Yeah, and to then also, you know, if you were to go back and read those stories in light of this novel, um, without giving anything away, it would it would make you read them in a different light right. as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously not the light that Doyle intended, but um, still. Yeah. It would, it, it, it would just like, oh, I wonder if that decision was made because of this or right. that. And, you know, yeah. Very cool. Uh, I think it, when we get into the introduction here, uh, we delve in again, I feel like, to new territory, at least that we I've read. Um, I think this is maybe the chronologically speaking, this is probably the first time that I would have encountered this if I read this first before other books or modern renditions. Um, but the idea of Conan Doyle mm. being the publisher of these things. Yes. Um, I think it's a really, really cool concept. Yeah, I feel like I've I've run into that in newer, in yeah. newer novels mm-hmm. since. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like this must be the first... Because, I mean, honestly, they don't even really say his full name. Right. Um, I think at one point, Holmes comments on Mr. Doyle. Right. But everything else, Watson just says ACD. Yep. ACD. And I don't know whether that's because maybe Dibden was was like, maybe I can't say Arthur Conan Doyle because this this novel is going to be so controversial. And it's not authorized by the And state. it's not authorized. And, like, of course it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, maybe he's like, well, let me play it safe and just use some initials. And, oh, Mr. Doyle, well, it could be, you know, could be anybody. It could be anybody. Yeah, it doesn't have to be Arthur Conan Doyle. Very true. 
uh, yeah, and I think that touch bases. So that's like we were told at, the, at our introduction to, to the episode. That's that link back to why Holmes was is upset sometimes with Watson's stories. Yeah, if you include this into that realm. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, it says here that Sherlock said, "You know what? Okay, Watson will try it." And he's like, you know yeah. what? The Jefferson Hope case. Yeah. And it's funny because when they get, when they get the finished product, Watson's like, this is incredible. <laughs> this is amazing. This is beyond my imagination. Yeah. And Sherlock's like, it's beyond mine too because this is trash. <laughs> um, he's furious. <laughs> furious. He's like, never again. We tried it your way. Nope. Um, and, and again, it's in, from Sherlock's perspective, it's, it's diluting his intelligence. Yes. Um, yeah. and I, I loved how you phrased it earlier at the, earlier in the episode, you're like, <laughs> like, it's not astounding to, 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 to capture and conquer stupid criminals. <laughs> no big feet. You know I mean? It makes me look like an idiot. I, I do love what Watson says is Holmes original title. Rather than a study in Scarlet, which is mm-hmm. what Doyle came up, Doyle came Holmes up with. Holmes wanted to call it towards a definitive praxis of applied criminal anthropology. <laughs> Some notes on the Stragerson Dreber murders of eighteen eighty one. It's it's a textbook monograph. That's exactly what it it's is. a monograph. That's yeah. what it is. That would just fly off the shelf. Fly off it? the shelf. <laughs> or the Strand magazine. You that, know like what? the article's over by the time you publish oh, that man. whole title. I mean, <laughs> you only yeah. got so many pages in the strand. Oh yeah, and if I mean if that's what was being published, it's no wonder that Doyle wanted to cancel the thing. <laughs> Makes him sick just writing it. Stuff's not moving. I think it is interesting though because we, we, in later passages we see Doyle as an ed, as Watson's editor. Yes, but this is the first time I think I've ever heard mentioned that Doyle is supposed to have like taken so many liberties it's like he's the ghostwriter he's the go yeah he's just taking some facts watson Mm -hmm. gave him and essentially like writing the story that didn't exist yeah yeah and it's funny because watson's thrilled with it yeah and he's like and that like and that's why uh particularly that's why they mentioned like the silver blaze the case noble bachelor because like they talk about in this introduction watson says or, or he says you know, ACD would 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 take something that took place over months, yeah, months, yeah. <laughs> and and condense it to like three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was thrilled with that. It's like yeah. it's his notes, yeah. and he's thrilled with it. Yeah, uh, I thought that was really really interesting. Well, because Watson said it, it's it's the it's the, the the way the narrative has to go. Yeah. It's it's not it's boring otherwise. You right. know, you can't just have you know and then. Otherwise, you get stinking my rat of Sumatra that I read, yeah. where there's chapters of like, and then we waited some more. That's, yep. Right? You, nobody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or you get the, uh, whereas, uh, you know, the, the monograph from 1888 about uh, <laughs> false sleep. To, I don't even make it through the title. Just false sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 100% true. And I, I think it's really cool that. Watson has that view because you yeah. would think it'd be the opposite mm-hmm. in some ways. He'd be offended. Yeah. He'd, be, he'd be offended and he's like, no, this is great. Yeah. And I think he says, 
No, this is great because he knows the alternative is what Holmes would put out. <laughs> it's true. Snooze fest. Um, you know, comparatively. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like that that moment, and there are other moments here too in these chapters. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously a crazy heavy story. It sure is. And like, it's Jack the Ripper. It's a heavy story. Yeah. But moments like that that are genuinely funny, you mm. know, in, in, in its own way. And it's like, okay, every now and then you might need just a smile to help you get through right. everything else that you're yeah. reading. Um, because otherwise it's tough. It is, man. It's a, this is a graphic book. This it is, is a, graphic a very story. graphic book. Um, it, they really don't spare any of that. No. Um, and he, he said, I guess it's in chapter one. Um, Holmes is talking to Watson about it. And again, the attention to detail is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're talking about just the different different media outlets publication of the of these events of these murders. Yeah. yeah. And they won't publish the details because of how how horrific they are. Uh-huh. And Holmes says, thankfully to your to your background, Watson, and those of similar in your field, uh, the medical journal The Lancet mm. describes everything in detail. Yeah. Uh, so like, which <laughs> everybody else wouldn't publish. Uh-huh. Um, and it's it is it's very descriptive. Oh yeah. Um, and it's like holy smokes, man. And I, um, I mean, you know, and in in reality, these were honestly real. some of the most brutal murders they were, man, of. Of any time, honestly. Anytime you're talking about <laughs> mutilations, yeah, and they—I mean, Holmes and Watson are even talking about that. Like Holmes says, yeah. like if he just killed them and moved on, right? Okay, it's about the kill. It is, but, yeah, but... this is not about the kill. Yeah, it's about the postmortem, mm-hmm. and that's what drives this guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If you're if you're not super familiar with the Jack the Ripper case you know you know pause us and do a quick wikipedia search you know look it up a little bit just so you're familiarizing yourself Mm -hmm. with it uh be prepared uh but um yeah i mean these are these are real things this is not this part is not fiction the jack the ripper murders really happened um and they're they're brutal they're brutal yeah man it's and there's been a lot of serial killers since then. Yes, a lot. I, I mean, yeah. you, I mean, I've stated before. Tom knows me. I've li- I listen to plenty of true crime, um, and it is up there, man. It's 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 just the difference between again. I mean, you say Holmes even talks about it, like what I just said. It's you have somebody just kills, and you have somebody who mutilates and maims. Yeah, two totally, literally two different animals. Yeah, of of different different breed and just this time period of when it's happening yeah adds to that too mm-hmm. you know of course you have you know the eerie you know foggy streets of london but also you just have this time period where there certainly isn't any camera you know video video no. camera there's no you know you can't tell who was there just by you yep. know swabbing some blood like you can't yeah man it, it's it's unless you catch them there you have no idea. You need the eyewitnesses. You need yeah. that kind of stuff, and that's a, it's a just totally different world. Yep. Of crime at that point, 
it's it's haunting. Yeah. That this could have taken place. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, man. Like you said, it's just the whole time frame. And correct me if I'm wrong. They probably have ideas, but I mean, they do. officially, they don't really know they don't. who Jack the Ripper was. Nope. Which is why so many people take to writing about Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Because it's a historical thing that you can have your own ending to and you, no one can say you're wrong. Correct. Because there is no official, oh, we found out Jack the Ripper was so yeah, so. It's unsolved. Yeah. I think the best, and, and th- this is historical, as far as I know, their best guess is that it was it was somebody from the upper echelon of society. Yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't a crazy... And Holmes murder. suggests that yes, in here. And I think, yeah. I think his, his, his theory is correct. Oh, how right he was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think, yeah, the introduction basically just covers... The top of the ACD stuff. Banter yeah. with ACD. Again, I think that that's awesome. They, he became incorporated into this world. Yeah. Um, which made it even more real as far as the game goes. Yeah. You know, um, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, the introduction also does... It, 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 it ends... With Oof. Watson reminding us as his mm-hmm. readers that in his boredom, Holmes turns to cocaine. Yes. Um, which is that's you know, I like. It makes me wonder in in the world of in the context of the world building here, mm-hmm. why Doyle would have included that aspect. In his flourished writings, you know, Um, but that's neither here nor there in reality. Uh, But Watson reminds us that, hey, you know, just FYI. Yeah. This happens. This still happens. Yeah. And especially it was because Watson kind of points out he is newly engaged after the sign of the four. um, Mm -hmm. And Holmes didn't take to it too well. Correct. And so this is something he turned to even because of that, because yeah. he felt he was losing his friend and companion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 just to, to go back on that a little bit of like, why, why do, why build this world with that? Yeah. I mean, it's the fatal flaw. I Absolutely. Mean, even yeah. going back to like, you know, you know, Greek plays and, yeah. and mm-hmm. origins of you know Western literature yeah, like that is very much like a hero's journey. They yeah. had this fatal flaw. Achilles yeah. had his had had his heel. Mm-hmm. You know these things that were it made them. They weren't invincible. They weren't immortal. Yeah. And sometimes I, when you yeah. read about them, you know, you're like, wow, like nothing can stop them. Yeah, no, something can. And yeah. even the great Sherlock Holmes is reduced to a very base need to ju- that he, that makes him turn to a substance just to make him feel. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote that down. Every hero has his tragic Achilles heel, you know, yeah. which is what that is. It's this it's this thing that um, it's their weakness. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. Holmes is not immune to that. Yeah. And a lot of modern writers play that down, yeah. you know, um, and that's OK. Mm-hmm. But because um, they discover other weaknesses in Holmes, you yeah. know, when they're fleshing them out. But this is the original Doyle weakness of yep. Holmes. Is this is this cocaine addiction? Yeah, man. I, 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 when I first grasped that, I was like, "Whoa!" I'm yeah. like, "This is like the 1880s." This yeah. guy's got a coke habit. <clears throat> like that's yeah. wild. 
wild. Uh, even the original, the original Basil Rathbone, um, the Baskervilles references it at the very end. I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's the last line of the movie. The case is over. Holmes is like, I'm bored now. He's like, Watson, the needle, and like, roll credits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, whoa. That, like, even for like a 40s or 30s movie. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That's a big step. It is a big step, dude. <laughs> like, I mean, and that, that's, that's, a, that's a universal picture. Like, I yeah, mean, that's man. like, a, it's not a B movie. That was a big name. Yeah, movie. man. Well, because it's so part of his character. It is. It really is. And it, it's it's so integrated that it's... I feel like you can't have the one without the other. Yeah, I agree. Because it explains so much of his personality, mm-hmm. why he is what he is, and why he does what he does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a great introduction to this book. Um, it really preps you. And the, the last line of this intro, this is what I tell myself. My heart tells me that I betrayed my closest friend in the hour of his need and I know no way to answer. So that, see, it's the last two lines of this introduction. Yeah. That just tells you what's ahead. Yeah. Like, it's not fun story. <laughs> no. It's, it's not, not a romp. <laughs> it's not yeah. a romp. Yeah. It's, it's not a happy ending. Yeah. Um, I mean, if that plus the title doesn't make you get there, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's... This is going to be a tragic tale. Yes, it is. And yeah, there are twists along the way, but you, it's there's it's the book is preparing you, giving you a heads up. This is a tragedy. Yeah, it's not it's not your typical home story. It absolutely isn't. He's uh, moving into chapter one, and tell me if you felt this way or not. I felt like Holmes was way way too excessive. I mean, he was brutal straight. Even brutal Watson. Yeah. And the things he's saying, like, it's very aggressive. I, I, I agree with that. Um, and I think there's reasons for that. Um, I think so, too. Yeah. I, I think we you kind of alluded to it, I think, um, earlier. Maybe it was off mic, but um, there's a lot of foreshadowing Oh, yeah. In these chapters, mm-hmm. like, more than I knew. Right. And was prepared for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it must be good, because when I read it for the first time, I didn't catch any of it. Yeah, neither did I. Not in one, fact, I not got one con- bit. I got confused when it started to flesh out. And I'm yeah. Like, what am I reading? I, yeah. Like, I had to read it over. Uh, uh, me too. Me too. Yeah. But now reading this, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Yep. And it so, it's so a, it, it really does. But you know, if, if you're reading this for the first time, then you're not you're not picking up on that. And good, you're not it supposed to not supposed yet. To. But it also, um, I like it when you realize that when something has a story has a twist, they're not pulling a fast one on you. Yeah, that the groundwork is has been laid the whole time. Yeah, and if you want to go back and see what you can pick up, you can. Okay. Any good story, movie, novel, whatever, um, if there's just a random twist at the end, um, shame on them, right? Right. You got to lay the groundwork. You got to you mm-hmm. got to earn it. Um, I agree, hundred percent. And and this this story, now reading it a second time all the way through, it's going to earn it. It's yes, going it to earn it. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Holmes is very aggressive. 
Um, and he's always the, been a little aggressive to Lestrade. Yeah. But like... This is brutal. Yeah, he's he's really mean. Really is. That's what I mean. It's mean. He's yeah. mean at this point. Yeah. It's not like his banter and having his fun. Yeah. It's like you're a stupid idiot. Yeah, I know. Like, and he yeah. rubs it in his face. Yeah. I, I do like um, the idea where <laughs> um, Holmes is, is describing... Um, let me make sure I, I say it correctly. Um, in chapter one, Holmes, oh, Holmes is is reading to Watson, or Watson is reading it himself, the description of one of these brutal um, killings, killings yeah. uh, the mutilation. Ooh. And Watson is understandably horrified. Um, and... And uh, he says, such was the fate, this home speaking, such was the fate of the killer's third victim, Chapman. Do you know this, Phillips, by the way, who wrote the thing? Mm. And Watson's like, but why, Holmes? Why? And yeah. you're like, my dear fellow, the medical world is a comparatively small one. I thought perhaps you might know. Like, right, 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 like, right. No, I don't care about stinking Phillips. Phillips. No, why? Why would he do this? <laughs> and just the idea that Holmes would even for a minute think, what? What do you mean? Why? I don't, you 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 know other doctors, you know? Right. No, like it's 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 that small glimmer of just a um, something that forces you to chuckle for a minute, right? Because you you can't just have darkness in a story. Mm. You can't just have heaviness. You have to break the tension somehow, right? Even if it's just for a small split second. Yeah. Because I read that, I'm like. And then I was ready for more darkness. Like and that's how it went, right? right. Uh, and and that's what happens as the story goes. I think there's going to be less and less of that as the book goes on. Yeah. But um, in the beginning, you can afford those small moments of yeah. that. Um, and I appreciated that because I did. I did get a a, a couple chuckles. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's true. It's uh, it's almost like in uh, so I you know you know I was in Boy Scouts. Yeah, so. We did a canoe trip or two, and on on one or two of them, we were going to be crossing through some white water, some mm. rapids, and uh, um, we were taught about that there's things that are called eddies in the water. Okay. Um, an eddy is basically a dead spot mm. in these, you know, in in this raging flow of water and in, the, in these rapids where it's like calm. So like, if you need a break. From trying to fight your way through these currents, yeah. Navigate towards the eddy, like you'll see it, like it's just like a, a piece of calm water. Navigate to that because you'll be able to sit there, yeah. Like, and I've seen it, like I mean, on trips, like it's sit there in their canoe and it's just they're not moving or they slowly rotate because mm. that's what the water does, right? And they're like, you could just sit, you can rest as long as you want, yeah. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like what these moments of comedy yeah is that yeah because like you can sit with that for a minute or two and go yeah yeah that's funny yeah like that's real funny i don't yeah. care about phillips why <laughs> right. why yeah um yeah that's and it's what that reminds me of yeah and it um, prepares you for what's what you have to do next correct yeah um i i also in addition to that like i noticed and maybe, maybe I guess this is his nature, but 
these are horrifically brutal killings. Mm. And I feel like he, he much more than once, references to the skill and the, the genius and the, you know what I mean? Like, he does. Holmes seems to be super impressed. Yeah. <laughs> with the with the art yeah of the kill of the mutilation and somebody uh, being dead is just yeah literally just a, a byproduct mm-hmm. it's it's a footnote yeah um and, and watson is just he's constantly horrified and holmes is constantly impressed right um, <laughs> lestride yeah. seems to be somewhere in the middle most of the time um i mean lestride he's seen some stuff i'm sure being yeah. being a, a scotland yarder uh but um He's still like, hey, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> so this isn't good. But he's not in constant exclamation as Watson Correct. is, you know. <laughs> but I, I feel poor Lestrade, man. I feel yeah, like he's just getting verbally beat up. He really is, man. It's just, and he doesn't deserve it. No. Um, no. Because he made one or two comments. Um, like Lestrade was just describing. Um, he's like, you know, myself and, uh, and basically like some. Uh, exceptional investigators. And Holmes says, oh, he's like, uh, I didn't realize that you invited me. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. harsh, man. Yeah. That's real. Like, that's egotistical. And I know the man can be egotistical, but that's just harsh for the sake of harsh. Yeah. Or, and then this is chapter two, but it falls in the same line, mm-hmm. where Lestride uh, accuses, he says, I have a good mind to arrest you for impersonating a police officer, because mm-hmm. Holmes is, at one point, is disguised as like yeah. another. And Holmes says, I wouldn't dream of trying to impersonate a police officer. I leave that to you. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then just to come to find out, like the way he tells us straight, he's like, uh, it was the way he says it, it's almost like, uh, you know, I was saving this one. I'm actually your superior <laughs> in the police force. I've been given an honorary title. Yeah. In commission. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> well, that sucks. If you're straight. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Very, very humiliating. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, it is funny, though, because at one point, Watson calls Lestrade one of Holmes' old contacts in Scotland Yard. And I don't know that I would ever uh, categorize Lestrade as an old contact, like yeah. some old friend that you get. You, no. No. <laughs> no. Like, I do appreciate when some of the pastiche authors make make them have a softer relationship. So do I. Um, but, yeah, this one is harsher. Harsher. It's very harsh, and like like we said, I think there's reasons for that. I but, think there is um, too. I don't think it's it's um. Yeah, I I think it's it's okay mm. that it's here, but as char- yeah. as a character trait for Holmes, it's not pretty. No, it's not. Um, uh, uh, after we move past that that initial all that banter, yeah, um, and we really get into this, um. And just thinking about it now, Holmes seems increasingly scattered. Like he's on something. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's this frantic helter-skelter actions and movements and Mm -hmm. things he's saying that's like, this dude's kind of ramped up. Yeah. And not like as normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how it feels to me. 
Yeah, well, I, I wrote, uh, what did I write? I, I wrote something along the lines of, oh, yeah, Holmes is in a remarkably good mood for what is happening around him. <laughs> it's true. Because, like, Holmes, I mean, even, like, as a reader, I appreciated the one joke, right? But Holmes is, like, making jokes left and right, quite honestly. Yeah. Mostly at Lestrade's expense, sometimes at Watson's expense. And, like, as a reader, I'm not laughing. And right. I don't think I'm supposed to be laughing either. Mm-hmm. I think I'm supposed to be a little uncomfortable at, yeah. at Holmes' attitude right now. Yeah, man. Because it is uncomfortable. It is. Uh, this is this something is off. Yeah, with Holmes. It, correct, and that that's exactly the vibe I got too. Yeah. Um. Even if even if this wasn't the second time around for me. Yeah. I, I you, definitely, you feel mm-hmm. that. You do. You do. Um. Especially if you know, you you're a Sherlockian or Holmesian. You've mm-hmm. read other books. Like yeah. it's like okay, this is not his norm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Very frantic. Um. Leaves leaves Watson in the dark a little bit more than usual. Yeah, for like days, weeks. Yeah, and w- one thing, and I'm, and I'm really, I'm really curious as to what you think about it. So the, he comes to this deduction that it's 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 Moriarty. Yeah, Moriarty, and goes on this whole explanation of, you know, he was the mastermind of crime, and oh, mm-hmm. well, he got bored. He reached this pinnacle. Yeah. Was gonna try his hand at something else because that's what he does. He gets into one enterprise, he conquers it. You know, yeah, he, he folded up his crime network. Right. Yeah. So we have him talk about that. Yeah. And then saying, "Oh, that's who, how these Whitechapel murders are happening." Mm-hmm. He didn't say that beforehand, though. He didn't talk about that. He didn't know. He was like, oh, yeah, I heard something about these Whitechapel murders. Yeah. Like, the way he's talking, well, I, I have my pulse. Uh, I have my thumb on the pulse of the underworld. I know it back and forth. Like, and he says that. Like, how yeah. well-versed he is. But it's like, okay, but you didn't realize three victims ago that it was Moriarty? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And you weren't, like, banging down Lestrade's door like, yo, this is bad. Like, I know what's happening. Now. Yeah. It took you three victims? I don't think so. Yeah, that's right. That's odd. That's odd. odd. It's very odd. Yeah, and especially if he has been allegedly following Moriarty's uh, criminal movements for Mm -hmm. seems like a long time. Yeah. And, you know, Watson, of course, is clueless. He has never even heard the name Moriarty. Yeah, nobody has. Um, And, you know, in, in, in defense of that, in a way, when we do get to the final problem... That is also the first time we hear the name Moriarty. Yeah. Uh, so true. Moriarty does come out of nowhere, no mm-hmm. matter which version of the story we're reading. Uh, but this is the first time where there's there's some kind of, hey, this is happening right now, and it's actually Moriarty, and and there's this vendetta. Um, you know, at one point, uh, Holmes uh, says Moriarty's across the street, right? Yeah, yeah that's and, how and looking that... at him through the window Mm -hmm. um and they go on this weird cab ride oh yeah i don't think they ever paid that guy either i think a little bit of that too and i'm like i don't think he paid him no he he offered him so much money he did and then he's like yeah and i'm gonna dine and dash yeah i felt bad for that guy so did i 
Uh, and that that guy's a good cabbie. Yeah, and he that got guy, him where they needed to oh, go. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> in and out. I like how 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 he phrased it. Like he he turned into the teeth of the traffic. Yeah, and like just navigated it. Yeah, and then they just jump out. Yeah, that's a shame. It's I like shame. to think maybe Watson found him later and and gave him some and money paid him. Yeah, went down like to that. the <laughs> went down to the cab company. Yeah. And was like look here, I'm sorry about my friend. Um, but yeah, that was wild. Yeah, like like we went we entered the front of a hotel. Entered, we left through the kitchens. Yeah. Entered back in through the kitchens at a military club, back out <laughs> into the front, into a. This is crazy. Very crazy. I, I also think that, um, I guess this was in chapter two. I get, they're all blending. You know, it's just fine. But I, um, I don't remember ever seeing Watson be afraid to tell home something before. He is, yeah. Yeah. And so Watson kind of references the fact that um, Holmes is very unhappy mm. with his engagement to Mary. Yeah. And to the point where he's now, he's having dinner with Mary behind Holmes' back. Oh, yeah. And Holmes is figuring out where he was, but Holmes thinks he was with Stamford. And uh, in reality, Watson's like, oh, I thought he was going to figure it out with Mary. Um and uh, and Watson doesn't tell him. Oh no, you homeless! It was Mary. I think that plays a factor later on, don't it? I think it might because like it kind of fuels something. Yeah, I, I that agree. Unknown. Yeah. yeah. Um. But the fact that Watson is afraid of Holmes, I mean, it's not normal. It's not normal. No, <clears throat> it's not normal, and it, it's it's bothersome. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the theme of these first two chapters: is that there are things that are just a little off and are are making you uncomfortable. Yeah. Something's wrong with the dynamic, mm-hmm. um, and you don't know what it is. I agree. Yeah, um, the dynamic. Yeah, I agree. There's there's something wrong with the dynamic. Um, you're just not sure what it is yet. Yeah. So. So, one of the things also, um, that I was looking at basically, Holmes is trying to. Basically, flesh out why Moriarty would be doing what he's doing. Yeah, um, because I mean, Watson's like, well, couldn't it be some ritualistic, yeah, madman killer like Tonga, you know, right? right. Yeah, from, <laughs> uh, the sign of the four. Yeah, and it's, I and, and I feel like Holmes entertained Watson like he usually does. Yeah, you, you I know got what I mean? that. Like that's brilliant. He's yeah. like, you know what? Let me hear more of that, Watson. He's like, very possible. Yeah, very possible. And then he just then he gets into like Occam's razor, and he's like, "There's a variety of theories. We have to whittle it down," which I thought was cool. Like he didn't I, sh- he didn't rain on his parade. No, but uh, I did like Watson thinking that Occam's razor was a new safety razor that came out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, is that one of those new safety ones the, with the, like the, the safety blade? <laughs> Fantastic. That was funny. That's that what it seems to be those little moments. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> really good. That's funny. <clears throat> yeah, the... yeah I, 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 um, oh, I also, I did think, I laughed a little bit basically because of our own inside jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> is when, when, uh, Watson gets asked in, in chapter one. Um, somebody who is it Lestride maybe mm-hmm. or somebody um, oh I'm sorry I'm on the wrong page um, mm-hmm. 
Oh, uh, Watson is being invited to do something. And says, I have no idea how extensive your practice has been, Dr. Watson, <laughs> but I shall be very surprised if you've seen anything like this before. And I wrote down, oh, I know how extensive Watson's practice has been. <laughs> Not very at all. <laughs> I didn't think that. And that's freaking funny. <laughs> I know that's very, not what they meant, but I'm like, very, very ah. funny. no, that's very funny. I didn't even think about what they meant. Like, yeah. I, but like, uh, once in my mind first was, I was like, yo, Vernier would, would be, oh, well, he yeah. would kill himself at the <laughs> foot of these bodies. Oh my goodness. He would, his stomach would be inside Can out. Can you imagine? Oh God, man. It, it'd be, oof. He hears Jack the Ripper's loose. He just moves to France or something. Like, he's done. Yeah, man, I'm done. <laughs> Out of here. No longer in the country. That's it, man. And, like, what's what Watson's the best, man. That's I what know. I think that's what it, it upset me so much. And I, probably, I can probably speak for us both. Why it upset us so much that, ver, ver, like, the, this author just crapped on Watson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, I don't think so, man. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, we're we're offended for all of all of Holmes' uh, fandom. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? Very offended <laughs> because Watson's the man. Yes, um, it, it, that's immediately what I thought. I was like, dude, Vernier would be a mess. <laughs> uh, lunch, dinner, breakfast, all over the pavement. Yeah. Pass out. While Watson sees this, is horrified and says, "All right, Holmes, can I come with you?" Yeah, yeah. He's like, "You're gonna need me." Yeah, because this is this is bad. Yeah. Yeah, man. Totally, totally different vibe. Absolutely. Um, but it, it, Watson's trying real hard to find a reason that this is just some maniac. Because that's what it seems like to him. It does. And I... Probably, too. That isn't as frightening as somebody who's doing it stone-cold sober. Yeah. And is calculated and they're doing it for this reason. It's that scarier, in my opinion. Yeah, and I agree. And which, like we said, is probably the actual reality of the situation. Right. Because if it was this upper class person in reality, in in the real world, who did these things and pretended to be this lower class individual with the letters and things like that. Yeah. Um... I mean that that is more frightening because that's that's a you know that's someone you see on the street type of thing yeah. as opposed to just some psycho. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a neighbor. This is someone that you know, could be a doctor that you go and visit. Like yeah. you know that could be a, what's his name and that, that helps Watson at his practice. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it could be a regular guy. Jackson. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, that's more frightening because you don't know. It's the, the, true. the disguise is more. I think there. Jack the Ripper is Jackson. That's what I think. It's like Johnson, whoever does that, that Johnson, fills yeah, in Johnson. for Watson. He's like, I've had enough of this. <laughs> like I'm making my fame another way. Another way. <laughs> I'd read Crazy. that novel. I would too. Yeah, I really would. <laughs> One thing that Holmes talked about about as far as Moriarty's machinations and why he talked about. Basically undermining the trust of the people. Mm. And that's why he's doing what he's doing. Because if you can break that... Yeah. And and people will not trust each other anymore. 
Yeah. Like that's your foundation. Now it now it all falls apart. Yeah. Um, and it's ve- it's very true. Um, and when you think about it, it's re- IRL real life here. Mm-hmm. Our societies are based on that largely, especially yeah. when you're talking about you know people dense areas. Yeah. Like we we wake up every morning, we go outside, and we trust. I mean, we don't consciously are aware of it but like you're trusting that your neighbor is not waiting out on his lawn to blow your brains out with a shotgun yeah like it's 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 a very comfortable given in our society that we don't think about that oh yeah we're just like oh it's bob my neighbor like it's like oh oh, we all trust each other like if you get in a car and drive on the road oh yeah you that is the most trust you're putting in 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 everybody Mm -hmm. i mean these are people that they prove they're maniacs sometimes by the way they're driving and you know your trust is that the guy driving at high speeds immediately next to you is not going to go and swerve into you for no reason like i mean yeah it's insane to trust people in people that we don't know it's true man and could you imagine I mean, just going back even further into the centuries, and I mean, you're a human and you're traveling in a, a, a semi desolate area, mm. and then you see another one of another human. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I don't know what it's like seeing a wild animal. I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah. I don't know what their intentions are. Yeah. All I know is is that there's only two of us out here. Yeah. You know, like it's. It's a, I feel it's a level of fear that we don't know today. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we do, obviously. Right. Um, women experience it a lot. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's a freaking shame. Um, versus, you know, men where we, we, we walk down an alley, we're not too worried about something happening to us. Sure. And if it is going to happen, we're like, well, I can handle myself. Yeah. Um, you know, but... It's true. We we trust one. It's just this unspoken trust. It is. As we walk about that, like, you're not going to stab me because you feel like it. Yeah. But when somebody does do that because they feel like it, and that's what Holmes is talking about. When you have somebody that does this and they're not being stopped, you don't know who it is. Like, it could, like you said, could be anybody. Yeah. It could be your neighbor. It could be mm-hmm. a doctor. Like, you got yeah. no clue. No. Um, Yeah. And it's, it makes it for even a much more scarier experience. Now, the the, the letters and notes. Yes. Um, are, are they... <clears throat> do you know, are these the real letters and notes kind of being reprinted for us? To my knowledge, yes. Okay, I thought they were as well. I, I, say, <clears throat> I say that because I've seen those same letters... Yeah. And other fictional Jack the Ripper Okay, stories, all right. Um, that, that it is talked about. So, uh, you, uh, I don't know if you would have seen it, um, but it's uh, it's called From Hell. Um, it was a... Uh, I'm familiar with it a little bit. I have not yeah, seen it. Yeah, it was a graphic novel, <coughs> but oh, it was you know, Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And they turned it into a movie. Johnny Depp was this investigator. Okay. Ian Holm played the Ripper. Oh, my goodness. Okay. freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they... Oh, that's weird. We're talking about Jack the Ripper. The, the actual uh, letters. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> it was it was in that movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Where they had like it was on the wall. Yeah. Like the whole yeah. bit. So, uh, to my knowledge, those are real. Okay. 
Um, I mean, those are frightening letters in and of themselves. They <clears throat> are, because it's, and like you touched upon it, like the misspelled words, it's like, yeah. this is obviously somebody trying to make this look bad. Yes. It's not somebody who has poor spelling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that just adds the whole other layer of, what is this? Yeah. Like, what is happening and why? And I, this book is the answer to that question. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Um, there, there's a couple things that I wanted to point out in chapter two. Yeah. That um, we kind of talked about Holmes' treatment of Watson. Yes. Which is kind of a little off. I, I thought that too when he when he tells Watson not to come with him at some point and he tells Watson he has a bulldog uh, tenacity. Tenacity. Uh, that's very insulting, I think. You know, I don't think Watson has that. He kind of says it to like, I took it as Holmes was saying it, like, I, you, it's a bad thing. You can't come with me because of that. Um, Did you not take it that way? I didn't. Okay. Um, because I feel like Watson's referred to that as a lot as having this this bulldog tenacity, meaning like he's an ally. That's an ally you want on your side because he's okay. there, he's loyal, and if he sets his mind to a task, like he ain't stopping. Okay, but, I took it as like he's charging ahead without thinking. Type no, thing. okay. Um, what was insulting, at least for Watson, and I kind of took that that way as well. Like I don't think Holmes meant to be insulting. When he said that this requires uh, nimble limbs and quick, quicker wit. Oh, oh yeah, well, yeah. Kind of yeah. like you're a little slow. Yeah, and not yeah. physically. Yeah, um, and, and that's why Watson got upset. Yeah, okay. Like, I mean, you're right about okay, that, dude. Like, um, but yeah, I uh, I noticed that Holmes. Um, late in chapter two, or maybe midway through. Okay. Um, I think as they're as they're running at, um through the cab, Holmes yeah. says when he says stick close, he says, uh, "If you love me, stick close." Yeah. And I thought that was an odd sentiment for home to Holmes to express. Yeah, it is. At of... least the phrase, the phrasing was just like that was. That's not a Holmes phrase. Yeah, you're right. Because obviously Holmes loves Watson, right? We we I see that very clearly many times. Yeah. Holmes doesn't say it. No. And I was one like that's that's a big thing that just happened. Yeah. If you love me, stick close. Cause the Holmes is not an emotional person for the most part. Yeah. Not like that. And so you wonder what is going on again mm -hmm. it's it's something else that just seems off right a yeah. little off not bad but off mm -hmm. uh i also thought um this is kind of just a, a i don't know there's anything significant uh holmes does say poo more than i've ever seen holmes use the word poo you're right uh like it's got an h on the end it does it has an h on like the winnie end the poo. like winnie the pooh like like some kind of like <laughs> You know, like um, scoffing. You know, yeah, pish posh. Yeah, you know? but I mean, like once I'm like, oh, okay, you know, and mm -hmm. but then it was like at least three to four times. Yeah, these two chapters, times, yeah. and I thought that was odd. 
Uh, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a story trying to tell us anything. No, I, don't I think, think so, that's yeah. just um, Dibden's uh, expression, scoffing expression of choice. Yeah. Um, which I thought was odd. What really was interesting is at the very end of chapter two. Okay. When Watson is dedicating himself to go with Holmes and kind of protect him. Mm-hmm. And he says, I wonder if my decision was the cause of everything that was to follow. Yeah. And, you know, again, we're not, we're not dealing spoilers, but it's one of those things where like, does Watson wish he hadn't have hadn't protected Holmes? You know? Yeah. Um, And that's, that's a weird, I mean, this when we get to the end of this story, we'll definitely have to spend a little bit of time mm-hmm. um, thinking about the implications of the things Watson has been saying this whole time. Yeah. Uh, because to me, I'm like, ooh, that's... Watson has... I mean, every chapter almost ends with Watson's deep regret yeah. about something. and Every step of the way. Yeah. I agree, and that's true. Uh, we we saw at the end of the introduction, yeah, almost at the end of uh, chapter two. Uh, yeah, he says when when Holmes left for Scotland Yard that afternoon, I went with him, a revolver in my pocket, and in my heart that determination to stick close to his side wherever he might go and whatever might befall. I have often wondered to what extent the Holocaust that mm. was to come was due precisely to my success in this endeavor. Yeah, yeah, very foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's this, it's this tone of regret, because mm-hmm. um, horrible things are going to happen. They are. I mean, just the the they've nature of happened. they've already happened, More right? Happened. And the nature of the Jack the Ripper case is horrible things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, and is Watson's questioning himself? Yes. If he's part of the cause. Mm-hmm. Of the horrible things. Right. Um, because right now, the only guarantee we have is that Watson survives the end of this story. Yep. Because he wrote it down and put it in that tin box. Correct. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's one guarantee. That's the only guarantee we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and reading this, we're going to like, okay, Watson... One of the reasons... There are multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons why Watson has hidden this away... And makes it very clear it was not supposed to be published until at least 1972 or 9 or nine or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, I think, the, the publication of the, of yeah. the book. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons. I don't think he could bear to have it published in his lifetime. Yeah. Because it's a bombshell. It's a bombshell. And one of the reasons I think he, he was afraid that people would blame him for what took place. Yeah. Because I think he blames himself. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. And it's it's always tough to phrase without giving anything away. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough to be in a situation and then after it's over to look back and that sense of regret of God, what if I did just this differently? Yeah. Could it would it have changed everything? Yeah. Um yeah, man, and that's that's a heavy conversation to have with yourself. <laughs> yeah, it is. And if you don't resolve it, it's going to be with you the rest of your life. 
Yeah. You know, um, and that's, I guess that's the way regret goes. True. It's, if, if you don't resolve it and you don't come to terms with it, it's always there. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the world of this story, um, maybe it would have been better for Watson to have published this earlier so that people around him might have been able to help him understand how it wasn't his fault. Yeah. You know? That's Instead true. of letting it eat at him for probably what was the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, that's very true. Um, but, I mean, he was a military man. Yeah. Um, stiff upper lip, he's an Englishman. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that plays a factor, but... Um, I agree, man. But I I do feel that because of that upbringing and Watson's career as a soldier, it was well, I soldier on. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, I'm built for it. It's what I do. Yeah, I just do it. Um, and that could be tough, um, especially on yourself. Yeah. Um, and I I don't we didn't really get much feedback as far as. You know, Mary Morstan's, the effect on Mary Morstan of Watson holding that information. And, yeah. Because um, it's tough. Yeah. Um, it's tough when you don't voice your emotions. Um, and I have that problem. Oh, and sure. As much as I like to think that I'm very open, I'm not always as open as I think I am. Yeah. And it can be frustrating for people. Mm. Um, especially your significant other. Yeah. Um, it's like, you don't need to keep this in. I just want to talk to you about it. I want you to be able to let it out. Um, but when you have that upbringing and I, I, and I was a soldier, Mm. but I just, I had a a similar upbringing that my father was always, he he always said to my brother and I, a a man can't afford to lose control of his emotions. Hmm. Um, the statement that follows that is somewhat, I guess, misogynistic, but his, and I don't, you know, I don't agree with it. Um, but he'd say a, a woman can afford to, a man can't. Mm. And, you know, obviously it's an antiquated view. Right. But for, for man or, or woman, if, if you, if you don't let yourself feel things, if you don't express things, they stay inside. Yeah. And they drive right. you nuts like it did to Watson. Yeah. Um, it's got to get released somewhere. Absolutely. And if you don't do it in a controlled manner with somebody that's safe, somebody that's there for you, it's going to come out one way or the other. Yeah. It can get you into some serious trouble. Yeah. It could just harm you in, yep. in more ways than one. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Yep. You, you can't keep something in. You yeah. know, it's it's... It's like a pot that's going to boil over. Yeah. And that's that, that whole trust factor. Yeah. Um, and depending on who you are, depending on how you grew up, depending on your surroundings, not necessarily the trusting type. <laughs> um, you know, you touch a hot stove enough times, you're like, whoa, I'm not going to touch a stove. Yeah. You know, yeah. hot or cold, yeah. I'm not going to touch a stove. Um, and that, you know, that adds another layer of complexity to it. Right. Um, but yeah. It's, especially if you hold in what Watson held in. Oh, my That's goodness. That's nuts. Um, 
Yeah. So it's kind of like um, Batman: The Dark Knight. Mm. Yeah, yeah. With Har- with uh, with Two Face, Harvey Dent. Yeah. Um, you know, Gordon held held that in. Yeah. Like he had to hold in the real story. Yeah. Because it was, it was necessary for Gotham to not fall apart. Yeah. And he knew that. Um, he hated it. Yeah. Because that meant watching his friend be basically exiled. Right. Um, and hated it. Uh, and I feel like that's very similar to this, in which Watson has to, you know, in theory, carry on the rest of his life holding on to this this image that may or may not have been entirely true. Right. So. Yeah. It's definitely a complex book. Oh, yeah. A lot of ideologies, a lot of emotions, um, and it just gets more intense. It does. It really, really does. I- I'm looking forward to it. As am I. Because it's worth reading. Yep. For the complexity, for the quality of the story you were telling. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the next couple chapters for sure. Yeah, um, and I think, uh, I'm trying to remember, it might be two and a half weeks bef- until our next Yeah, I think so. We have next some, some things coming up, but it's a little, it's planned, so yeah. we're not, nothing's getting canceled, but we will have the, the next one coming out soon. Yeah, and that'll be... Chapters three and four uh, will be the next episode and the Naval Treaty. And then the episode after that will be concluding (laughs) the memoirs of Sherlock Holmes with the final problem. So that's going to be exciting as well. And uh, that that will pair up very nicely with the end of the last Sherlock Holmes story. Yeah. So uh, enjoy. Please delve into the book. Yes, Um, please. It's it's really, really good. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, Tom will tell you, um, it, it, if you haven't read any of the books or the material that we've been going through in this podcast, read this one. Yeah. Am I right, Tom? Especially before you get to the end, because you, you, you don't want, you want to experience it. You do. Yeah. Because the, yeah, the, the ending is, is unique. It's unlike anything else. And Tom's right. Like you want to experience that for yourself. Yeah. Um, so read it. Don't. Don't not read it and then listen to us. If you're gonna not, re- if you haven't read it yet, then don't. Li- yeah. <laughs> I hate to say this, but then don't, don't listen to the conclusion well, at the very least. Use the extra long break that we're having yeah. to 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 catch, get, up. catch up. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not as long of a read as you might think. No, not at all. Um, it's maybe two hundred pages of max. Yeah, depending um, on the edition you have. Depending on the edition so, yeah. you have, yeah. So, and that's including forward introduction a whole bit. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, get yourself a copy. Download yourself a copy, rent a copy, uh, whatever you got to do to get your hands on this book. Uh, Michael Dibden is not paying us no. to say these things. He is not. Um, nor is uh, Pantheon Books. If Pantheon Books even still exists. They do. I believe, do they? They, I believe okay. Pantheon Books exists. Okay. All right. All right. So think of us, Pantheon. Yeah, please. <laughs> so. You're my favorite. I always knew you existed. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so yes until next time folks schlockians homies and lunda shareers <laughs> and, and 
and your faith and your support. Um, <laughs> we will uh, we will catch you guys next time, and looking forward to episode nineteen. See you later. Thank you, everybody, for joining us once again for iHeart Sherlock Podcast. You could be doing anything with anybody anywhere right now, but you've decided to take your hard-earned free time and stop by and listen to Tom and I uh, chew the fat about some Sherlock Holmes stories. We're so glad that you joined us today. We're looking forward to next time, where we'll continue having a good time sleuthing together. Yes, sir. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, and please click and like uh, and subscribe on Spotify uh, and coming soon to other podcast platforms. Mm-hmm.